Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 171. This is my way to clean up. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Melissa as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. How about you? I am doing fantastic. It's the morning for me, and I just woke up, so I have the nice deep voice, which is perfect, and I'm sure it's not the morning for you, right? Yeah, it's 5 p.m. here in Switzerland. And I'm sure, hopefully the weather's well, because you ask in Canada, we always talk about the weather. No matter who we are, it's like, oh, how's the weather? It's okay. <laughs> but hopefully well, the weather's well there. No, it's actually a pretty gloomy day. Like it was raining this morning and pretty cold. Okay, well, we'll make this conversation warm, right? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about Melissa's hobby. But before we do that, I'm going to ask the cliche question Who is Melissa? Well, I'm a 23 year old living in Switzerland. I am a college student uh, studying social sciences. And I am obsessed with my two cats, and they're called Diane and Gannon. And I think that's kind of it. That's a perfect description, and I'm sure your cats love you. I hope they do, yeah. <laughs> like some days, they're like, okay, you give me food, I love you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's perfect. And of course, before we move on to the next point, do you have any social media links, websites, or projects, or anything at all that you would love to share so people can come show you some love? I mean, I do have an Instagram account, but I'm not really active on there, but I mean, if people want to see, it's Mediset with an underscore, but it's like the French pronunciation, so I don't know if it's really clear, but it's actually M-E-L-I-C-E-T-T-E with the uh, an underscore, is that called? Yes, yes. That's it. Perfect. You know what? I'll put that down below so people can go check that out and show you some love. And hopefully I am pronouncing your name right. I'm using my French way of saying names. Uh, Melissa, is that right? Uh, I think you kind of like, I mean, I pronounce it Melissa. So it's more like an A rather than an E for the like the second letter. But I mean, you can do it like say it however you want. No, no, no. I want us to get it correctly. Melissa. Yeah. Melissa. Me Melissa. Melissa. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, Melissa. Okay, perfect, perfect. All right, come on, Alex, you're French, you got this. But you know what? It's not about my French accent, it's all about you. And today, we're going to be talking about your hobby of DIYing, DIYing home and self-care products. So how, what is that exactly for people who might not know what it is? As I like have it in my head, it's like crafting or making my own products that can be like for home care or for self-care. Uh, for example, I don't know... Um, dish soap or shampoo or laundry detergent that kind of thing and uh, i i'm jumping the gun but you know what no i'm not gonna jump the gun i'm gonna go with the flow so how did you actually get introduced to diying products i'm gonna butcher that word diying diying yes <laughs> <laughs> the first time i was in contact with that it was with my uh, stepmother she was doing her laundry detergent actually but at the time i was uh, younger and I was still living with my mother and I was not really interested into those things yet but two years ago I went to one of my friend's house and she was actually using her own laundry detergent and I became quite curious about it and I was like oh but what do your clothes smell like because I'm obsessed with the smell of laundry I really like it and I was wondering like what does your clothes smell like? Do they smell nice? Does it smell like nothing? And so she brought me some clothes that I could smell, which was really nice, but weird. <laughs> and it actually smells of clean fabric. It's a very difficult like smell to describe, but it doesn't smell of like any like artificial uh, perfume, but it smells 
cleaner. And I was like, okay, well, you can do something yourself and it can work. So that's how it all started. And then I was like, okay, well, it's also pretty eco-friendly and a lot uh, health friendlier. So yeah, that's what got me started. Yeah. And do you still remember the first thing you've created and how you, what, what did you use to make it? I don't know if it was laundry detergent or like the all-purpose cleaning because I did them on the same day. But basically like the all-purpose cleaner is just a solution of vinegar, a lot of water, and if you want some essential oils. And that makes it like usable for kind of every surface except like for stone like marble. And also on the same day I, I did the laundry. So it's also water, Marseille soap. Uh, baking soda and essential oils. I use baking soda on so many different things. <laughs> really? You do? Oh, yeah. I, I, I like baking soda and vinegar too to clean stuff. But that's not, it's not about me and my experimental ways of cleaning. It's all about you. So you mentioned at the beginning you do different kind of things. If you don't mind me asking, how many different types of home and self-care products do you make? Oh, my God. I don't really like keep count of them. But I do dish soap, laundry detergent, all-purpose cleaner, shampoo. Um, I don't know what it's called in English, but like rinsing solution with vinegar for your hair after you're done cleaning them. I do a mattifying powder for my face so it doesn't shine too much. Oh my god, I think that's kind of... Oh, deodorant, actually. That's one of the daily that like very important for me. Um, and recently, I also tried doing vegan bee wraps. So it's like instead of using like a plastic film to keep your food fresh, I use this. That's pretty cool. And is there one product that you have not tried yet, but you would love to make? Maybe a toothpaste. But I, I think I'm too afraid of having to use maybe salt or having to use something that's not uh, foamy. Because it would like make the transition weird. I think I think I could get used to it quite easily, but I think I'm not ready to make the jump yet. Yeah, and you have, you've done many things so far, so you could take your time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is there? Let's say this is a tough question, but when you make these products, is there sometimes one key ingredient you use in most of them? Kind of like uh, baking soda or vinegar or anything like that. I would say one of the things you use the most is simply water. Because you use that to, like, I mean, literally water down the, the thing and make it less concentrate. I think the recurring ingredients must be, like, baking soda and vinegar and essential oils, as you said. And I'm sure you get pretty adventurous. Actually, does it ever happen? Or what's sometimes you're working on something and then you're like, what if I just add this? Just, just try this. Did, does that ever happen? A little too shy for that. I just don't want to be wasteful and make something that would like be completely messed up. But one time I had a pretty good recipe for laundry. But one time on a website, I saw someone mention that you could add uh, one type of powder. And I used it normally. I would use it like put it on my clothes. But then I decided, oh my God, what if I use it di directly in the uh, laundry detergent? It actually made like a gooey mess that was super thick and I used it once and then my washing machine got so dirty and 
like all the holes were completely full uh, filled with that like gooey stuff so I had to water it down quite a bit so I think I've been using it for over six months and I'm only Ooh. through half of it well you know what I hear it's the new fashion trend of the gooey pants yes it's, it's <laughs> yeah. definitely in the sticky icky gooey pants yes <laughs> yeah well not, I mean now I have it all figured out because it's like a lot watered down so it's kind of a usual like a regular looking laundry detergent so I think that I could save it. I did great, I guess. And I'm sure it smells good and it feels good. And you were talking about you get these recipes online. Do you get these uh, recipes from other places as well? Let's say other people like your friend or books or anywhere else? No, usually I go for the internet because it's very quick, it's free. And also you can, I mean, I can look it up in English or in French. So it's like there's a lot, a lot of recipes. and. I like like the internet, but there's one inconvenient is that it's you can never tell if what the people are saying is true or not. I think is what I'm missing. Maybe a good solution for that would be to take classes. I know I have a, a student job at a like adult school, and you can take classes for DIYing your home products. That's pretty cool. I love I love how there's lessons for everything. There's an opportunity to learn in every corner. There's the internet and there's even in-class person. Well, I guess now maybe not as much because of the pandemic, but once things open up again, I'm sure there's more in-class lessons as well. Yeah. And within these in-class lessons, I'm sure there's different types of tools that help to get certain types of consistencies for your products. So for you, what kind of tools do you use to create your products? Well, actually, that's pretty simple. I just use what I have in my kitchen because the great thing is that most of these products are non-toxic. So, I mean, you wouldn't want to eat like essential oil just with a spoon because that's really not made for eating purposes. But you, if you are in contact with these products, it's not that bad. So I actually use my pots and pans and my spatulas to melt the stuff or just combine it and then I just rinse it off really well and I'm good to go. And do you prefer to use a whisk or a, um, was it not, not a blender, or I guess a blender or a mixer to combine the, uh, the actual materials or the, the compound together? Actually in, in Europe or at least in Switzerland, we don't really use like robot mixers. We kind of all do by hand. So uh, I do it all by hand. And actually, speaking of which, how long does it usually take you to create a product? I know they're all different, but let's say one that is easy to make and one that is hard to make. Something that's easy to make is like the all-purpose cleaner. And that's like literally a few minutes, just time, like just enough time for you to measure all the ingredients and mix them together. And then that's it. You can use it right away. But some of the things that take longer is the laundry detergent, for example, because as I have Marseille soap and I have to melt it, then I have to wait 24 hours for it to set completely before I can use it. So, I mean, the process of making it and making it melt is not that long, but you have to wait before you can use it. So that's what makes it longer. Has it ever happened to you that you started making a product and then it just ended up going the wrong way, but it still worked? I don't think so. I mean, I have that one example example with the laundry detergent. So I made it work. In general, when I fail, it's a real fail that I cannot really 
like make work, unfortunately. And for those that you do succeed, do you make, let's say, your own recipe book so you can have a recipe later on or you just go on the internet and just find them and bookmark? Like, what is your way to organize your recipes? I tried to make it like a Word document with everything on it, but it was too slow on my computer and I didn't have the patience to do it. So what I actually do is I have some websites saved up in my uh, browser and I just go back to the same sites and blogs and like where I can find the exact recipes that I liked and that worked for me. So that's how I do it because I, I don't have to do like the products that often. It's like once every three months or like two months if it's something that I use daily and that gets like used pr quite quickly. But for like the laundry detergent, for example, it's like once every six months or more. So this is an odd question, but what is the best way for you to store these? Do you use like uh, glass jars or plastic jars? Or what is your way of storing it? Do you put it in the cold? Do you leave it in a dark space, a warm space? Hmm. I actually never asked myself that question. I Most of the time I reuse some empty containers that I have. Like for the laundry detergents, I use like an old bottle that I already had for like the store-bought laundry detergent. Or I keep a lot of my uh, glass jars that you can buy like whatever thing in. And then I wash them and I can like reuse them for my products. Or for the all-purpose cleaner, I had like a like products to clean like mirrors and glass with. And once it was empty, I, I reused it. Um, and that's kind of how I work. I rarely buy something. If I have it on hand, then I will prefer to like repurpose it. And this might sound like a stupid question, but do you name your products, like your creations? You say, this is the Melissa special. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't. Maybe I should, but I'm not a really creative person, fortunately. So I, it's like just, okay, that's the product for cleaning and that's what I use it for. <laughs> and I know some people have some very cute jars and have stickers on them with the name and it's all uniform and it's all like in unity. But in my apartment, it's not that. It's just like repurposing things and Sometimes you can still see the old sticker and it's like a mix and match. So. And do you prefer to make these products alone or with company? Well, actually, I think if it's the first time I'm making the recipe, I'd prefer to be alone because I it, it can be quite stressful if you mess up some things or if you had to do everything at the same time. And I wouldn't want someone to be like in, in my way. It is like I'm used to making the recipe that I'm, I would gladly be making it with someone if they're interested. And also, I think what I like is when people use my products. That makes me so happy. So when you say people use your product, do you sell your products or give them away? Oh, no, no, no. Selling them, I would never because I, I don't think I have, I'm legitimate enough because I, I mean, I'm just a regular person. I just find things on the internet and try to make them work so I don't feel confident enough to sell them to people because I don't think I have enough knowledge about it. The only time I shared my product with someone other than my boyfriend who's living with me so we like use the same product is uh, my sister when she moved out she asked me to make her own dish soap and I was really glad about it because I mean it means something to me that people like recognize that what I do is like worth it and that it 
it's worth something. Well, before I started this episode, I made an announcement on Twitter that I'm going to be recording an episode about DIYing home and self-care product. And one person's like, oh, she cannot wait. She needs this. So maybe, maybe she will buy it. She lives in the States and I'll be your first international customer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe it will. Good luck if you want to use my product. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when it comes to the actual products themselves, where do you usually go to get new inspiration to create new formulas? Most of the time, I'm like, okay, well, there's this product, like for the toothpaste, for example. And I'm like, well, I'm using the store-bought version, and I would like to change that. So I would just Google DIY toothpaste and look online what there is, what kind of like products you need, if it's too complicated to make or not. And if I don't do that, and I, like, for example, I have a scouring cream. I'd like to deep clean the bathtub or stuff like that. And I wanted to make that. And when I looked on the internet, there were only recipes using uh, black soap. And in most recipes, you can also use it for the laundry detergent too. But I uh, use Marseille soap. So I was like, well, if you can use black soap for laundry and for the scouring cream, then I guess I can also find a recipe using Marseille soap for the scouring cream. And I did. And that's kind of where my inspiration, if you can call it that, uh, is. So I try not to buy and buy and buy many products because one of my like beliefs is that I, I mean, I wanted to reduce the amount of products that I had in my pantry because I didn't like having like 10 products for 10 different users. And I would like I wanted something that was more, I mean, universal that you could like versatile, you could use for many different like things. So yeah, I try to reuse the products that I already bought so I don't have to buy more. And this might be an odd segue, but when you do make your creations, do you always follow the recipe to the exact numbers or do you use must say after you've made it a few times, do you use something called guesstimation where you kind of look at it like, all right, it needs around this much with your eyes without using a measuring cup. No, I'm pretty, I mean, I don't use measuring cups. <laughs> I well, I have a, a kitchen scale because I do everything in grams. Uh, so I'm pretty thorough about it because I don't want it to, to be messed up. But sometimes like for the dish soap, for example, the recipe called for water and citric acid, which is like powder. And I was like, well, I'm not going to buy citric acid. So what I did is just I used no water and no citric acid, but I used vinegar. So I was like, well, they want like the product to be a little bit acid. So I'm going to use vinegar because it's acid too. And that's the only time where I kind of did it my way. In general, I, I tried to avoid it because I don't want it to be messed up because I'm not comfortable enough to have like, like yeah, I don't think I have enough knowledge to do things randomly we'll look on the bright side you have a lot more knowledge than me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and for some reason when you said you didn't want to use citric acid but you still needed it inside like you didn't want to go buy some i just imagine you growing your own lemon tree and then making your own citric acid with your own homemade lemons <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean i'm actually growing right now a a lemon i mean a lemon tree I, last Christmas, I, I had a lemon and I tried to take the seed and make it uh, into a lemon tree. And my, it's actually like, I don't know, 15 centimeters long right oh, now. Oh, wow. That's awesome. 
Yeah. You're making your whole hobby into like a growing experience. And at the same time, the tree's cleaning the air. Boom. Double positive. (laughs) It's still a baby tree and I I hope it's going to survive the winter, but I mean, we'll see. I'm knocking on wood. I can't do it because I'm recording, but I'm knocking on virtual wood. <laughs> Thank you. And what would you say is the best part about DIYing products on a personal and an emotional level? Well, I think definitely seeing the products work. For the shampoo, for example, you can see when it works. Like you get in the shower with dirty hair and then you come out and it's clean and it's just so satisfying, you know? Like you're like, oh my God, I did this with my own hands. and it's working and it's that thing that sounded so impossible to make. I mean, when I was 10 or 12, I didn't even think it could be possible to make your own shampoo. I mean, why would you buy it at the supermarket if you could make it? Yeah, I'm really glad when it, it works. And also, it makes me really, really happy when I see other people enjoying my products. Like, for example, my boyfriend, when he also used my shampoo and see that it works or when he supports me and yeah i really enjoyed that and i would imagine it's a fun process uh and i know on the internet and maybe not this year but last few years people have been going crazy for bath bombs have you ever created a bath bomb actually no because i don't know in my head it's difficult to make i haven't really looked it up and to be honest i have a lot of stock like in my bathroom so I wouldn't want to make some more because like, I already, already have a little collection. And I don't take baths that often. So yeah, I don't think it's something I, I would use or actually enjoy doing. You know what? It's a shower bomb. You just put it in front on top of your head. <laughs> then, <laughs> no, I was just, that's just silly. Uh, but yes, and when it comes to the actual process of creating it, do you ever have anybody who inspires you? Like somebody you look up to like, wow, my friend, even to this day, you watch her and you're like, oh, I love how she's just doing it like that. In my life, there are not many people who DIY their products. So I think the one figure that I really appreciate and that inspires me is my friend, the one that really got me curious into what it takes to do your like products because she was ahead of me and I still see her as ahead of me even though I, I don't know what she does herself but I think it's like she got her shit together before me <laughs> and for that I think I really look up to her and in general I think everyone that does their products themselves inspire me because I mean all the people online doing their things and spreading the world and doing research and trying to do something that's more, I don't know, eco-friendly or something that can spare you some money or that can, I don't know, be less toxic or healthier. I think all of these people inspire me, to be honest. Does the person in the mirror inspire you? Eh, Sometimes. Well, you know what? You're inspiring me right now. I'm going to go like in my kitchen saying, what can I use to clean my stuff? (laughs) And for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started DIYing products? Honestly, I think, I mean, there are two challenges. The first thing is me living in Switzerland. Everything is so expensive. Like, it's crazy. So, I mean, I'm a student, so money's not like falling in my hands. But you have to be careful about how much you spend. I mean, I could spend recklessly and don't care about it, but I don't want to do that either. And the second biggest challenge is 
because as I said, it's the internet, so you never really know if it's the truth or if it's accurate. And there are so many recipes on the internet, and sometimes you just get lost and you just don't know what you're supposed to do because this recipe calls calls for A, and then the other recipe calls for B, and you're like, well, how do I know what's best? And sometimes it's like overwhelming because you never know if you're doing it right and mm -hmm. how do I start what if I mess up what if it doesn't work and it's I think it was kind of stressful and overwhelming yeah but I'm sure now you know how to cross-reference and realize what is good what is not good and so I, I could be wrong but it could still be your challenge today but if it isn't what is your current challenge it actually evolved and now I think my I mean I have two again but I think it's actually seeing if the products work on the long term because once again i would love my products to be as efficient as like store-bought products but as i'm i've only been doing this for like i don't know two years maybe i'm don't think i have enough time to see if it like the effects on the long term like for example it's kind of a gross example but i have nothing else i live in a pretty old apartment the the tenant that was here before us stayed for 40 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there are some stains in my toilet bowl. And I don't know if they were here before I got here. And it's just because of time, because the apartment is old. Or if they're here because my products are not efficient enough. So I'm kind of wondering, like, is it really working? And yeah, that's kind of where I am. And also, I almost stepped into that, but I kind of realized before I did that. But once you start doing your homemade products, you, I mean, for me, that was like that. I wanted to do everything myself, like even cat food. <laughs> but at some point, you realize that you have to buy so many new ingredients. And I was like, well, I, I started this partly because I, I don't want to have like 10,000 different bottles. And if I buy like 10 different ingredients for each recipe, then I'm going to end up with like stuff everywhere in my house. And that's really not what I want. So I had to challenge myself to find alternatives and using Marseille soap for my scoring cream instead of black soap or things like that. Well, you know what? Uh, hopefully your challenges are easier in the future and things are less expensive and everything goes your way. I'm hoping for the, for the best. If somebody's listening to this and you are like, oh, you know what? We should make our products cheaper from Melissa. You're like, yeah, yeah let's do it. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> what are some pet peeves for you about DIY products? Like things that people you see doing, you're like, oh, why are you doing it like that? Unfortunately, I'm not really into the community so I cannot really tell you about that but I've had some not mean things but pe people that say like for example my grandma she's like oh well I don't have time to do this I mean you're retired of course you have time <laughs> <laughs> yes some people are not really supportive about it and they're like oh my god you're such that like green girl who thinks about the planet earth and yeah they kind of are it's not mean but I mean it's not positive either so it's kind of that reaction that I find hard to receive yeah 
Well, if they ever bother you, just t- let them talk to me. I'll take care of them. Except for your grandmother. <laughs> I, I, I won't take care of your grandmother. She will take care of them. She's like, sit down. Okay. I'll be like, okay. <laughs> but uh, actually, that's a great segue. You kind of answered it already. But what are some misconceptions about people who do DIY home and self-care products? You're saying that maybe they're seen as, oh, being environmentally friendly and stuff like that in a negative tone. But being environmentally friendly is not a bad thing at all. Yeah, I don't think so as well. Well, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that DIY products don't work as well. Like if I make a laundry and there are some residual stains, then my mother's going to say like, oh my God, that's because you do your own laundry. Yeah, that, that's kind of harsh on me, honestly, because I would love my products to be as effective, but I'm not sure they are. And that's kind of hard for me to say. But I mean, let's be honest, I cannot pretend that my products are magic and that And, you know, honestly, I think I'd be happier to have something that works a little, like, not as well, but be a lot healthier and better for the environment as well. Honestly, I'd be down for it. Yeah. Who would be against saving the environment? Oh, I guess there's some people. But if you are against saving the environment, just listen to this episode. Then hopefully you're like, oh, maybe I'll I'll save the environment a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) And this might be another tough question, but what has DIYing? product products yeah yeah products taught you in life i think uh first of all patience i mean that's kind of like the common point in in hobbies but when you have to let's say finish your laundry detergent before making a new one because obviously i'm not gonna throw it away because that's super wasteful and against what i'm trying to achieve so you have to be patient and also I mean, I like to use my products. So when I have to wait 24 hours before making a laundry, then I'm like, oh God, I don't want to wait. And I'm looking forward to it being ready. And so definitely patient, but also I think resilience because sometimes you do something and it doesn't work. Sometimes it's because just like you didn't follow the recipe correctly, but sometimes it's just because, for example, deodorant, your body doesn't like that. I had to try three different recipes before finding one that actually works for me because the first one that was really effective, but it was too harsh on my skin. So I did something without the baking soda that's kind of harsh, but it was not working at all. So I had to find another solution because I knew that baking soda was my jam. <laughs> no, but like I needed that for a deodorant. So I online and I found something that's working but not harsh on my skin. So yeah, you have to always like remember that something cannot work and that you have to try again and yeah. Yeah, everybody's bodies are different. So you just got to find the right chemical compound that reacts well with your body. I'm not saying go try every single one of them, but do some <clears> research like Melissa did and then uh, hopefully you find something that works for you. Yeah. And do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Well, I'd say, first of all, fact check or like double check everything. Because at the beginning of my journey, I did my first laundry detergent. And for example, all of the recipe were calling for baking soda and vinegar together. But it turns out that the both of them are not great together. I mean, you could, you can use them one after the other, but like mixing them, them together is not a good idea because baking soda is, uh, has a basic pH 
and vinegar is acidic. So mix, mixing the both of them together, just like cancel them, just not effective. And that I learned after with some times and people being more advanced, like in the scientific field and telling us like, no, it doesn't work. And that's why. And so now on the internet, I don't think you can find any more recipes like combining the two of them. So yeah, so you should always double check. And also if that's something that you're attached to, try not to use too many products. So try to be creative and try to use the same ingredients for two different products. I mean, obviously they, they should work for what you want them to work with. If you can find an alternative, try and do it. Do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality? Well, I would love to present it to the world, but only if the world is asking me to do it. Because uh, a few weeks ago, I was talking with one of my friends and she was like, oh, well, why don't you do classes teaching all about that? And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. I I'm trying and something works and some don't. But I don't feel confident enough telling people what to do because I, I don't have the knowledge. I mean, I have some experience and some knowledge, but I, I don't like feel confident enough to teach people and like make them pay for it. So if someone comes to me and say, oh, my God, can you teach me, please? Then I would gladly do it, but I would never advertise my, like my knowledge. I don't know if you can see like the difference. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I completely understand. And let's say in the future, if you do decide to do it, maybe you don't want to start with classes, maybe you can start with YouTube videos, and then send it to your friends, you don't have to share it with the world. So it, there's always baby steps, but you don't need to do it if you don't want to. There's no need to push it, right? Yeah, clearly. And I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Well, there's still my Instagram account, which is um, Melisette underscore so it's m-e-l-i-c-e-t-t-e -T -T -E underscore and also it just came in my head right now if you speak French and you'd like a scientific site I mean it's not scientific but it's like a serious site there are a group of people called Les Trapeuses and they're kind of known and renowned in the DIYing products community and yeah they're they're I think they're based in Canada but I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're great and they have a ton of different recipes and they also have their own like online shop. But I don't buy my things on there because it's too expensive. But yeah, if you want like a serious site and somewhere safe to begin, I think that's a good starting point. Well, you know what? I'll put those links down below so people can go check that out. And even if you don't speak French, maybe you could just highlight the information and then go use Google Translate. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a solution, yeah. There, yeah, yeah. There's a, that's a DIY solution, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the last question. Do you have any questions for me about DIYing project, projects? Products? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's a difficult one to say. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I could have a ton. But first of all, do you do anything yourself? Um, my wife does like a little bit where she puts fabric softener in water and then uses it on clothes to just get rid of uh, static electricity. For me, I use it more when I'm like washing vegetables. So just to make sure everything comes off, I use you. Sometimes I use vinegar. Sometimes I use baking soda. Sometimes I use both. And then you told me don't do that. So I'm thinking, <laughs> ah, don't do that. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think sometimes I do 
different products like this is odd but in canada as i'm sure where you are as well winter comes and it gets pretty cold and mm -hmm. what we tend to do is sometimes we take uh, rubbing alcohol and water and put it in a little spray bottle and then put it on the windows of the cars because sometimes ice is formed on there and it helps melting the ice what yeah i didn't know that yeah yeah, yeah. so i think it's rubbing alcohol if not it's uh Salt and water. That can't be salt and water. No, that's not good. It's one of those, I think it is rubbing alcohol. Yeah, rubbing alcohol and water. So it's not too strong. But yeah, it does help with uh, melting ice. Okay. I didn't know. Well, I think you shouldn't put salt in it because like yeah. salt <laughs> like, is, makes the melting point lower. So Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's a, I guess that's a DIY, not home, not self-care, DIY car product. <laughs> I mean, that still counts for me. Yes. Perfect. And after... Our discussion, do, would you want to do something or is there something that you would dream of like making yourself? I guess, yeah, because what I do, I don't use a lot of shampoo because I have no hair. Yeah. Um, but maybe something for my beard or maybe, because right now what I do after I shave my head, I use coconut oil. I don't mm -hmm. use any other products, but I don't know if I wouldn't mind trying to mix in co coconut oil with something else to keep my head hydrated and healthy. So far, coconut oil has been working fantastic. Uh, what other products? I don't know, maybe some sort of like, oh, I really don't know. I, I'm so curious. I'm thinking around like, what if I did this? Well, you don't have to make anything if you, if you don't have the inspiration or time or like if you don't want to. <laughs> it was just like I was curious <laughs> to know. Eventually, I'm going to give it a try. That's for sure. I like, I like trying new things. I'm the type of person where I like combining things together to try something new. And this is a horrible example. But I remember this one time I was making some pasta and I'm like, ooh. I like cheese. I like ketchup individually. I like peanut butter. I like them all. They all taste good differently. But what if I were to put them together? <gasps> There's three things I like. Put them together. That means I must like it. I tried it. It was the worst thing I've ever tried. <laughs> okay. I think it reminds me of my little brother. He experiments <laughs> like that. So he was like, oh, why not give it a try? I'm like, no, okay. Now I know it's not good. At least you tried and maybe once you release your classes, if you do, I'll take a look and I'll create some products and you'll be like, no, Alex, no, 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 not like that. No, oh, no, oh, no. Sure. sure. You know what, Alex? Good. You tried. <laughs> so there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Melissa, for just coming on and just sharing your passion and teaching the world about DIYing home and self-care products, not projects. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to me. If you guys want to learn more about Melissa, you should go check her out. I'll put the link down below in the description. It will be very easy to find. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast and want to show some support, you can leave a review. Good or bad, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere at all. Also, if you want to show some more support, this is completely optional. I also, also sell merchandise on Redbubble, and I also have a Patreon with some interesting tiers just to share more hobbies with the world. But what you do have to do is go show Melissa some love. Sorry, not Mil Melissa, Melissa. There we go. <laughs> so once again, thank you so much, Melissa. You're welcome. Thanks to you. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. Bye.